0: In Sam Smith's recent mailbag, he alluded to the fact that whether through informed or uninformed sources, all are pointing to the same thing. There is a major change coming to the core of the Chicago Bulls. We're going to talk about what that could mean, as well as dive into the mailbag, all that and more, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bull Central. I'm your host here, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes, at CEO H A I Z E. You can also follow the show at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform that we're on. But let's go ahead and get into it. In Sam Smith's recent interview, I'm sorry, mailbag, he was asked a couple of different questions like we do here on mailbags, but a couple of bullet points that came out from this. One of the bullet points was, I was at the Draft Combine this week and heard from an insider that he believes the Bulls are done with this big three. Then further into the mail back, he also says this, uh, one of them could not return, comes from both informed and uninformed sources. Tough, uh, though, watch that space. I expect a change in that core. Bulls would have to give up at least Levine, Caruso, Kobe, or Patrick Williams and a pick to justify getting the number three pick and sign a trade to net. Uh, Grant, uh, Jeremy Grant. But we'll focus on that last bullet point later. But it seems like a lot of Bull insiders, Casey Johnson, which we talked about here recently as well, kind of in his last couple of mailbags alluded to the fact that, you know, while the Bulls could bring it back, that he feels like they're more apt to move off from one of the members of the Big Three than ever before. Now, one could say that this is just plainly due to the fact of Nikola Vucevic being a free agent, right? That's really what this could be all built around, is that The Chicago Bulls front office could see uh, that the writing may be on the wall. Maybe they feel like Booch is on his way out. Now, another way, and I know a a way that a lot of Bulls fans, including myself, are going to take this at times, could mean that, hey, a trade of DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine could be coming as well, especially when you paired with the rumors around the trade deadline that maybe they were listening to some things on Zach Levine. Now that has since been debunked in a way that I feel confident to say that deal with that rumor deal with the New York Knicks was never actually on the table. But, um, with that said, there's, there's that mindset around, right? And while, I think moving off of one of the big three is not a full rebuild, right? Moving off two of them, depending on what you get back, I wouldn't call it a full rebuild either. I would call that a retooling, just depending on what you get back. But it seems like there is enough conversation around that maybe some change is coming. Now, if you guys have watched my last few episodes, I've kind of ended them all on saying, do not expect major changes coming from this big three. I still think the more likely than not scenario is that the Bulls are going to run it back. They're going to put Kobe White in that starting lineup, maybe sign a cheaper backup point guard, and they're going to run it back and try to sell us on the fact that they were close to beating Miami. Um, And the Miami, look at the run that Miami went on. We're not that far away. I think that that is more likely than not what may be coming. But as you hear more things about the Bulls interviewing draft prospects, things like that, you start to think, okay, maybe there is some fire where we're seeing this smoke. Now, it really depends, right? And here's the thing. In evaluating AK so far, you, you, you have to also use hindsight. Like at some of the time, the deals that, at the time, some of the deals that he made made sense to me. Um, and I'm not, I wasn't necessarily pissed off at him at that time, but when you look at just how, the, how things have evolved, it, they haven't worked out. They haven't worked out in a meaningful way. And, you know, we're going to hear the Bulls' name in a lot of trade rumors over this offseason. When you look at how disappointing the Bulls are, how much writers know that the Bulls' fan base wants to see it change. They're going to they're gonna buy into that, right? But hearing uh, somebody like Sam Smith, who's been queued cl- in with the team for so long, now again, Sam Smith isn't always 100%. Nobody is, right? So we don't want to take what Sam Smith says as gospel at all. But what I will say is that him saying that it comes from both informed and uninformed sources, that there's just feeling that there's a change coming at that core, it really depends on, like, what level of change, right? Because you can say a change is coming out that core by laden, letting Vooch walk away, and it's like okay yeah that's a change at the core. That's not a positive change if you don't go out and sign somebody else to replace him as a starting level center, right? So um just hearing th- that there's change expected doesn't really say much to me. It does I don't get much of a feeling in regards to that. Um but I, I here's what here's the thing. I think that we are either going to get a minor change, right? Or we're going to get a a retooling of a way or we're just going to run it back. And so, you know, hearing that AK went over to Turkey, and you know, even the article tried to put and point it back to, oh well, he went to a Marco, uh, a, not a Marco, a, a Nikola Miritich game. It's like we all know Nick. Nick ain't coming back here, bruh. I mean, maybe with the change of front office, a change of coach, really complete change of people who run the team, maybe there could be could be some signs to that. But I'm not I'm not believing that either. Like, here's the thing: until AK shows something, and until a move is made, right? and we start seeing what way that AK may go in this offseason, you know, yes, we have the potential to pivot either way, right? We have the potential to double down, run it back yet again, make a signing with our mid-level exception or part of it, and then come back and say, hey, we did this. We also have the ability to say, hey, listen, we are in a valuation period where we uh, we have Vooch and we have Kobe White out there on the free agent market. What can we get for signing trades with them? Not to say that we necessarily don't want them both to come back, but if we can explore and get signing trades with them that we feel we're getting better value overall with that with that roster spot or, or or that money, right, to spread that out over more people in regards to Nikola Vucevic. All right, cool. You're listening to deals, but something needs to happen, right? And uh, we'll see. Now, on the second the second bullet point that Sam Smith had is that uh, when it comes to the number three overall pick, because that is a lot of speculation right now. That it's that Sam Smith saying that the Bulls would have to at least give up. Levine, Caruso, Kobe, or P-Will for that number three pick. That is bananas. And they would have to sign and trade Jeremy Grant in that deal as well. Listen, that, that puts things into perspective, right? We can talk and have all these theoretical trades and all day of, hey, well, they, they could take DeMar. They would take DeMar because he can be a secondary scorer. But listen, if they are truly trying to pivot off that number three overall pick, which they, they may or it seems like, Now rumors are coming out that they very well may look to hold on to it as well. If they do that, they're going to want more back than just DeMar DeRozan, right? So, you know, Sam's been saying that it really put it in perspective, and hopefully it helps uh, fans come up with more realistic scenarios. Because, yeah, it's easy to say, let's get that number three overall pick for our expiring contract in DeMar DeRozan. But Portland, considering that if they pivot off that are going to want to build a championship team around Dame, that package that we just that I just read off, that seems like a much more likely scenario, and that really one is one that I just don't see the Bulls being willing to do. And like I said, the more likely scenario, if we are talking trade with Portland, is to get the number twenty three overall pick that they have from the New York Knicks. But all right, enough of me rambling. Let's go ahead and get into uh, the mailbag for today. The first voicemail that we got today is from Danny. Hey
1: uh Daniel from Anaheim, California. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, what do you think uh, about the Detroit Pistons getting the fifth pick? Uh, you know, I think that maybe they can go ahead, we can possibly trade DeMar DeRozan, so that way he can be uh, that mentor for Keith Cunningham. Maybe we, we can uh, get somebody like Ivy from them uh, or a couple, uh, a couple pieces from them. Um, I don't know.
0: What do you think? All right. So he asked about uh, Detroit getting in the number fifth overall pick. Haha. <laughs> um, and would they take DeMar? Listen, this is this is something that we all do as fans. We try to convince ourselves of ways that this team, that teams would be willing to take what we have. And I don't fault you. For, I do that on this show all the time. So, please, that is not saying that you are tripping for that. We all do it. Every fan does it. Even the more the most realistic Bulls fan would do it at some point in time here's what I'm going to tell you. The Detroit Pistons don't care about no mentorship from DeMar DeRozan on one year to give up the number five overall pick. If it was number 20, cool. If it was maybe number 18, somewhere up in there, cool. But when you're a team that's as young as the Detroit Pistons are, right? Now, yes, they did trade for uh, Bogdanovich and they end up giving him a contract extension. I think that was the facilitated trade later on, but they did that. And I understand why you could think that. Because he came in, he brought a, uh, a skill set that they needed to stretch the floor, they extended him, they kept it rolling, right? They're, so, I, I get what you're getting at. You're not completely off. But if they do make that move for DeMar, I don't see it being for their their number five overall pick in a draft where you can get one of the Thompson twins in there that's a that could be a wing for a long, long time for you to pair with the guards you already have. So... I don't see that being something that they that they realistically do, but I'll tell you what, if they're willing to and AK doesn't do it, he's a damn idiot. That's what I'll take. And again, that is not an indictment to say that DeMar DeRozan sucks because he doesn't. But if you can get a number 5 overall pick for an expiring contract of a player that yes has done some great things for you, but clearly you're not going to be able to build a championship team around in his window and a young team is willing to take that fine. Let them worry about getting get uh, DeMar Exiting at the end of the season, I definitely think that there's a pos- that if they made that call, then you then you take that deal. I just think the possibility and chances of that are very very slim. But thank you, Daniel, for leaving that voicemail. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Josh.
1: What's up, guys? It's Josh again. Um, you know, I've been trying to keep up with a lot of Chicago Bulls news and you know rumors and potential you know moves that they can make this off season. And honestly, I do not see. Uh, a big move, or even a big free agency signing. But what I do see is maybe a a trade that would get us a late first round pick, maybe even early second round pick. Because I've I've really set my eyes on one particular player who's actually playing for Illinois State. Um, his name is Coleman Hawkins. Uh, I think he fits the Bulls perfectly. He's a 6'10 power forward, 220 to 225. Um, he moves really well, he can handle the ball. Most importantly he can play defense. Uh he's a great playmaker, uh, a great three point shooter as well, although he is a rookie, so I wouldn't take a I wouldn't take a huge, you know, assumption that he's just gonna be a vital first team player, you know, right away or he's gonna impact the game immediately. But I do see him being a pretty good maybe role player. You know, behind Patrick Williams, if we can't find anybody there. Um, uh, but I, I do, I do see maybe the Bulls trading a, trading a player for a early second round pick or maybe first round pick if they, uh, like a late first round pick if they set their mind on it. Because I do not see anything big going on this all season. You know, the Bulls are in a very, a very weird spot. Um, you can't, they're not bad enough to tank, but they're not good enough to contend. So maybe you add something simple without having to trade uh, a bunch of players um and like that you can add somebody who i think would benefit the team i mean but that's all um you know keep keep with those videos videos of fire and um yeah just stay safe man
0: all right so i get the logic here and i do think that you're thinking more realistic in saying that the bulls are maybe more likely to trade for a second round pick but i'm going to come back on this with just a, a difference of opinion for everything that you just mentioned is that not what justin lewis should be right and to me. If you're going, to, rather than trade assets for a second round pick, even if you're trading a future second or whatever, I don't see anybody at the second, in the second round, unless Imani Bates, and there's some a lot of talk that he could fall into the second round with just everything going around him. But unless it's like something like that, like you get into, like pick number 31, right? First pick in the second round. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. The round comes, and Imani Bates is there, and the Bulls are like, nah, this dude—because Imani Bates does have huge talent. It's everything off the court keeping him from probably being a first-round pick if he is— if he isn't a first round pick, I would then say, all right, call. I don't know who has number 31. Call and be like, hey, we'll send you two future seconds. Because if you, if you believe that you can get that talent out of Imani Bates. But otherwise, I'm saying, no, nah. everything you just mentioned is kind of what we have in Justin Lewis. And so, yeah, he's coming back from injury. Yeah, there's some questions around him. But I just don't see the Bulls giving up assets, even if it is just a swap in the future for somebody that they could have on their roster that could potentially. Fill that gap now. That's just my opinion on it. But like I said, your thinking isn't off basis on that one at all, Josh. Thank you for leaving that voicemail. Now right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Big O. Hey, what's going on? Hey, this is your
2: boy, Big O. Uh, great, great Saturday show. Um, you know, uh, you made a great, great point. Um, and I know I didn't put it in my message, but I was, you know, was rambling. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you need a competent front office more than anything, which brings me to my call now. You know, uh, so, you know, this just speaking hypothetical. Let's just say the boys do decide to, to dump the big three. Let's say they end up with the third or the second pick or even the fourth pick. And, well, you know, let's just you know, let's just say we end up with Scoot or the, the other guy. I can't think of his name. Um, the Ford from uh, the, the chase, I can't think of his name. But let's say they end up with one of them, so which would be a great start to your rebuild, right? I I think, to your point, right, so I think that for us to know if we got a good front office, this team has to go through a rebuild. But maybe it don't have to go through a rebuild because A.K. to show us he can make the move to come in and make us relevant. But at the same time, it didn't make us a championship team. So it kind of comes back to me trying to figure out what we have in the front office. So I think if they take a step back this year, by 2027, 2028, we could be relevant again gave us a really good shot of being a contender, but we all were saying we was one piece away, and they never finished that off to make that happen but granted Derrick Rose got hurt. So I think by 2027, 2028, we should be back in on the, on the on the on the up on the uprise. I would say, by in two to three years we got a good front off. And a couple that was to say there to say by twenty I think twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty eight, Shay Gilders Alexander, Nicole Jokic, um I think Luca there's a ton of good free agents available by them. So if you make the right pick, and, and if you're and if you're, uh, your young guys develop somewhat, you have access to trade. You have hopefully somebody show that showed that they're the star of the team that they to make guys, if you trade for them, excited to play with them, and we can be right back on top, I like what the Memphis Grizzlies did after they dumped it, Mike Conley and Zach Randolph. They turned it right back around with John Morant, with Desmond Bain, with Jerry Jackson. So it shouldn't take us no longer than three years if we got a good front office. So tell me what you think. That's, that's kind of like my assessment of it. So tell me what you think. Thanks for taking my
0: call And uh, go Bull. All right. So great voicemail, first of all, Big O. And I did get your second one as well. That'll be on tomorrow's episode. We've got like three voicemails. We had a lot of overflow. Those will be on tomorrow's episode. Make sure you guys get those voicemails in. Um, it takes time to build a championship team. And I think that the Bulls' initial success um, th- th- right after, you know, that, that last season, the beginning of last season, when we were number one team in the East, really made a lot of fans think that we jump-started a couple of steps and we could potentially be a contender. Now, I, I was on record back then to saying, hey, that team, that version of that Bulls team, i give them a fighting chance against anyone. Not necessarily picking them in series against some of those top teams, but I was giving them a fighting chance against anyone. We've come far down from that, right? And we've come back into reality, usually with a team as you're trying to build a team that was not a playoff team at all. It would be different if AK came in here and we had a team that was playoff team the last couple of years. Yeah, you can build off that. No, we had a team that was literally struggling for the last five years. Right. And so there's usually steps to that. And the Bulls got to the first round of the playoffs last season. Then this season we were a playing team. Right. So taking a bit of a step back there. But it takes time it really does take considerable time. And, you know, you saying like 2028, 2029, um, I've said it before, I think in 2025 offseason is where the Bulls can have about $80 million in cap space, theoretically. That's, the I think, the time where they make their swing for the park. And I think until then, it's going to be these incremental moves to make us more competitive. But I think that hopefully if things go right, players develop, that's going to be the next time we try to hit a home run in free agency. But championship teams take time, and it, and it sucks. But it sucks even more when your team, you think, is making a stride and then takes a step back, right? Um, But as far as a full rebuild, a full rebuild isn't coming. Um, It's highly unlikely to come. We're going to keep retooling it. Like I said before, even if you look at what AK did in Denver, it was minor, minor retools that, sure, over time, if you look over like a three-year period, yeah, that team completely turned over. But it wasn't just this one offseason, we're going to sell all these things. It was incremental moves over time. And I think that's more likely than not what's to come with, his, with the way that he runs the Chicago Bulls. It's going to be things over time. Yes, he came in, in that first season by the trade deadline, traded everybody, right? By the first offseason, signed everybody. But that's not sustainable. That is not a sustainable model that's going to lead to success. And I think some Bulls fans expected us to be this heavy activity team every offseason, therefore after. And it was never going to be that. And so, you know, we'll see what ends up coming up. But championship, getting to a championship level takes time. Right now, we got to crawl before we walk, right? And, yeah, we're in the mud right now, but hopefully we need to first get to a place of being a perennial playoff team, a a team that is expected to win the first round of the playoffs every single year at least. Like, right, we got to get to those steps first. Some teams skip those steps and are able to go right into it. But even if you look at some of the teams this year that had a lot of promise around them, like the Kings and other ones, they ended up coming back down to earth in the playoffs because you have to learn to win and learn what it takes to get success at that playoff level. That takes time. But thank you, Big O, for a voicemail. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Jamal. What's up, hey?
3: It's your boy Jamal back again. Another voicemail for you. Three minutes let's get into it. All right, I know I missed out last week. I was busy working and everything, so I wasn't able to talk about my uh, the next couple of players and my predictions for them. So I'm going to go ahead and get into it today. Um, talking about Lonzo Ball, Alex Scorson, and Kobe White, I don't think I talked about those two players, so let's go into it. Starting it off at the basic one, Lonzo Ball probably isn't going, well, I'm pretty much about 99%, sure so he ain't going away. There's nowhere we could trade him to. To get rid of that contract and even if we did uh we'd have to give up a lot of uh capital draft uh picks and everything that we really don't have in order to get rid of that contract so he's pretty much here um when it comes to alex cool so i'm giving it about a 75 percent chance that he stays unless he either asks for a trade which i don't think he would or they have a chance to get you know some really good picks for him or you know another really good player. What he does for our team in terms of defense is so important. Offensively he is limited. He can't really shoot the ball as well as what we thought he could. But defensively he's as he has shown is an all NBA defender in this league. So and we really need that. And that's kind of been his bread and butter for our team. So defensively he's gonna be needed. Plus we have him on contract for like three years and ten million dollars, which isn't a bad contract. What well, three years, uh, I want to say I $30 million, uh, $9 million per year. So that's not a bad contract at all. Uh, the final one, of course, is Kobe. Kobe is going to be the difficult one to gauge because it's going to be determined by the market. Obviously, I think the Bulls would like to keep Kobe White and everything like that. I don't think they have a problem with trying to sign him. But it's also one of those things where it's like, we're not going to overpay you, you know just because you had one really good year where you progressed. And I think that's the biggest thing. So when it comes to Kobe, right, I'm going somewhere between uh, 50% is the max. But so I wouldn't be shocked if I give him somewhere around 40%, 45% reality. It's really going to be determined by what the market value is set for him. And we'll have to wait and see after the NBA Finals, um, after the season is officially done.
0: Um, but let me know what you think, as always, to see where go Bulls. Faith. Jamal's coming in with his player evaluations late, but nonetheless, you know, I gotta give Jamal some some jokes there. Jamal's a, a faithful here at Chicago Bulls Central. Um here's what I'll say, Jamal. Yeah, you were spot on in almost everything. Nobody's taking Zoe's contract. As many trades as Bulls fans come up with, like we need to get off we need to get off Zoe's deal. It's not that simple, unfortunately. Caruso, yes, it's important to team culture, defense. And like I've said before, I think that most of the hate from players, I mean from fans that have when it comes to Alice Caruso, can't possibly watch games. They just look at box score, and he's never going to be box score. Darling, he never really was. But the impact that he makes, you have to watch the game to fully feel. And I don't think Caruso, that's why they set the price at two first-round picks. That's the value they hold Caruso at. And I don't necessarily see any team giving up two few, two first for Alice Caruso, even if they do need that elite defense coming off the bench for a team Now, as far as Kobe White that's that's the biggest question in all of this right what can Kobe get on the open market I truly do believe that the Bulls are going to uh, uh employ a similar tactic that Gar Pax did with Zach you're going to allow when he when came to Sacramento you're going to allow Kobe to go out there let the market set his deal and then determine on if you can if you think that that value is something that you feel comfortable in matching and so That's what we may see for Kobe. It's been an up-and-down career for Kobe, and his role has been up and down. It's not all on him, but even last season, he ended the season great, but it wasn't consistent in his scoring and shooting all season long. That kind of came on along for him a little bit more towards the back half of the season. But everything else but scoring, he did well all season long. So really letting that market set the value for him is I do think what's coming. Um, and, but I do think that it's more, the more likely scenario is that the bulls are going to match it. I think unless Kobe gets a deal where it's like 16, $18 million a year, I think they're going to match Kobe White's deal. And I think he's going to be a bull for a long time. And I want to see that development continue for him, but spot on analysis, Jamal and everything that you mentioned there. Um, but that's it. That's the mailbag for today. We got so many voicemails. We are going to run it back. And like I told you guys, especially over the off season, mailbags don't have to just be on weekends so make sure you guys are getting any of your thoughts on anything in during the week as well also if you're in the youtube section if you type in mailbag in front of your question i can pull that for the mailbag episode as well but make sure you're following the show at bull central pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns bullcentralpod.gmail.com lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Break. Media.